Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. It is your host, Rick Clemens, the guy that challenges you to live your life uncloseted. And I know some of you are constantly finding yourself making excuses about why you can't do the things that you want to do and why you keep holding yourself back. And that's what I call girls, guys, bitches, whomever. It is living in a closet. But you know what? If you dump those excuses and you really started stepping up and facing your fears, you would begin to realize, hey, this living an unapologetic life is pretty easy. So if you're struggling with that, I would like to invite you to go hop over to the website Check out the Unapologetic Life Assessment and go over there and take it. And all you have to do is go to Unapologetic Life Assessment or actually go to rickclemens.com, the homepage you'll find where you can take that assessment. And let's figure out what's going on with you. It's a series of free videos and stuff to help you get to that space of living your life without apologies. Another way to quickly get there is to go to nofearsnoexcuses.com. So see, I'm giving you all these ways to get over there, but let's move on with the show because here's something that I wish more and more people would stop making such a big deal about because people don't need to live in the closet just because they're HIV positive. And in my own community, I get really frustrated with people who shame the HIV positive community. Oh, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. In this day and age, there's so, so, so many ways to have beautiful, loving, intimate, caring, great sex relationships with someone who is HIV positive, and it's time for that shaming to stop. And how do you do that? Well, you have fun with a fun musical comedy called Merck. And it's all about this character who is HIV positive. There's musical comedy, all this good stuff. And I just happened to find the main character through a friend of mine. And he's here joining us today on the podcast. His name is Charles Sanchez. And Charles, I want to welcome you to Life on Closet Man. And thanks for stepping up to share your beautiful self, the positive musical comedy, all that good stuff. So now it's time for Rick to shut up and say, okay, it's your show now, Charles. You just go. (laughs) Well, great. I'm happy to take over. Yes, Uh, I'm sure you are because I've seen a couple of these episodes. I'm like, this guy could just carry the whole show and I could just shut the fuck up. So, well, I have to correct you. It's called Merce. Merce. Okay. I knew I was going to screw it up because Charles and I were talking about this before (laughs) we got on there. I'm like, it's not Merci, right? He's like, no, dumbass. That would be with an I. And I'm like, okay. So then Merck, and because it's, it's early here in California, I'm barely, I'm like maybe a cup and a half into coffee here. So thank you for correcting it. So now I will shut the fuck up and you can just take over the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where shall I start? Where did you bring that? Where did, what was this whole concept? I mean, other than, you know, Hey, let's talk about this crap, but what was, you know, what was the concept of like, we need to do this and we need to make it fun and positive. What was the you know, the start of this whole thing? Well, there are a, a, a bunch of impetuses. I'm, I'm a person who lives, is living with HIV. And um, my producing partner, Tyne Furman, and I 
uh, both just sort of wanted to start creating some content, just started to create our own acting work, basically. Yep, yep. And also, I noticed that like on television and movies and you know theater, whenever there was an HIV storyline, it was always sad. Um, it was either a history lesson about the 80s and 90s, which are you know vital stories. We need to sure. always not forget our history. Um, or even if it was like a very special episode of Law and Order, they yeah. would have a per, you know violin playing in the background when you find this person has HIV and 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 nothing wrong with violins, folks. We we don't no, want to no. you know what. But it, I prefer fiddle. Um, okay, fine. Well, yeah, no, it's I, just that I, I, I prefer I, fiddling around. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, hey, wow. Ah. Um, but I, I just, uh, it's not. That's not my experience, and right. I don't know anyone in my circle of people that are living with HIV that um, walk around like sad clowns. I mean, we all have amazing senses of humor. We all have a, a great joie de vivre. And I wanted to create something that showed that to people, that showed a modern story of someone living with HIV who wasn't sad, sick, or dying. Mm. And so when we were developing the project and it became a comedy, and then we're like, well, what's more opposite of what you think of when you think of HIV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A body musical. So that's what we created. We created this body, crazy, silly, fun, candy-colored musical comedy. And we uh, have this character, Merce, who has this, his, he lives in New York, but his mother is always on Skype with him. And his mother lives in <laughs> Texas. And okay. my and producing partner plays Mama in drag. Um, and then he's got all these crazy characters around him and he lives his life, certain aspects of his life, he uh, sees through a musical comedy lens. And he's got these three fairies that are kind of like his gay pips, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. back him up. And um, basically, we just show aspects of his life that show a character that it's just like everybody else. He's just looking for love. He's just trying to have a great life, just like you, you know, <laughs> just like me. Well, and I think that's the important piece of this whole conversation. And granted, yes, the history and where we come from and the lack of government support when things started to happen. And I mean, not discounting any of that at this no. point. But I also feel like not everything has to be a tragedy. Everything there right. can be, there can be some fun. There can be some humor, and I'm not just talking about the HIV crisis. I'm talking about things in general, you know. Absolutely. And yes, we live in a crazy world right now, where it seems like no matter what we're looking at, whether it be the politics or you know disease and all this sort of stuff, you know, as we're recording this, the new coronavirus thing is just like rampant everywhere. But it's also these beautiful wake up calls to have fun and appreciate life and, and be in life in your best possible way. Mm -hmm. And too often, I think we forget this. And then suddenly people are right back in closets. And I have so many good friends who are HIV positive, And I have had numerous conversations with them about the loneliness they feel at times, the stigma that they experience and the low self-esteem that brings on, which is hard enough for us as gay men, not that we're the only ones who suffer with this, but it just layers on another piece of, okay, I'm not worthy. And I love that you're bringing this forward in a space to like, okay, let's show the brighter side of when you can look at things through a different lens. Thank you. So, so I'm curious, obviously at some point in time, you have, I'm going to assume, experienced some negativity because of your own status. Sure. What's been the hardest piece of that? I mean, is it that 
you know, people just like suddenly said, Hey, I'm not going to, you know, want to have anything to do with you or, you know, is it this piece of, okay, I got to own myself and I got to step forward and I got to just be who I am. I mean, there's got to be challenges you experienced throughout this whole coming to terms with your own self. There, there have been some challenges and there continue to be, and they always surprise me. Like when someone uh, has a prejudice against someone living with HIV, uh, it happened to me in a, in a dating app recently where I met this guy and we were talking for a while and it seemed like, oh, we're, we're going to meet. This is all happening. And then he found out that I had HIV and he, he was my age. This is what shocked me. My age, uh, in his early 50s, educated man living in New York City. And it freaked him out. He completely panicked. He got all mm. apologetic and jittery and weird and, and basically like hung up the phone and that was it. And it was over. Wow. And it just shocked me. I couldn't believe that that happened in this day and age, yep. you know, and, and yet it still does. And people are still afraid. And um, I think that's currently the things like that, that happen. Uh, I was really sort of, I, I, I had an odd blessing when I was diagnosed. I got very sick. I almost died. I was one of those people who was diagnosed with AIDS. Mm -hmm. um, and I was in a drug-induced coma. Mm -hmm. And so when I woke up three weeks after I got sick, my family was all around me. They found out that I had AIDS before I did. Mm -hmm. And so I never had to have that big moment of telling my family. Right. So I think that was a, that made it easier for me in other avenues of my life, like that big coming out of the closet. Yeah. I didn't have to do to them mm -hmm. as far as my HIV was concerned. And so it made it easier for me then to just be honest with other re relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. But don't you think there's still this, I'm going to call it confusion with people not understanding HIV and AIDS. It's like, oh, if you're HIV, you've got you know, you boom, that's where you are. You, you have AIDS. And I think people continue to like the uneducated. I'm just going to say okay. the uneducated put this stigma on. And it's like, wait, 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 you've got to go do the homework. In fact, when I'm working with my clients, so a lot of my clients are men coming out of the closet. <sighs> and as you can imagine, some are like, well, you know, I'm, I'm just really concerned about, you know, catching something and dying from AIDS. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, before we go any further, Here's a link. Here's everything you need to go read about HIV and AIDS. And do not come back to a session with me until you have gone through this because okay, I'm acting like I'm really a bitch about this, which I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite that big of a bitch, but kind of because I want them to get educated. I want them to understand because I think as gay men, especially, and anybody who I get in conversations about this with, but especially as gay men, you owe it to yourself to understand. You need to understand all aspects of STDs, AIDS, HIV, all that sort of stuff. And do you yeah. still see that being a problem? Is that a lot of people don't know this stuff? Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation. And yes. uh, I think I always say part of the problem is we have this collective scar from the AIDS crisis in the 80s and 90s. I think that that fear and those images of people that were dying from AIDS back then are still so much part of our consciousness. The minute you hear it, AIDS or HIV, that's the first thing you think of. Mm -hmm. And we don't ha hear about HIV in the news very much anymore. It's, right. it's not sexy. So, so we don't get the, the opposite information that we need to, in, in major media to, to get the information out there. 
Right. And so I, 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 I love that you're encouraging, uh, especially your gay clients, to go and, and get educated because I think we're supposed to be the leaders. Yes. Um, we always have been. And so it's up to us to not only get educated, but to educate others. You know, it's interesting. There's, there's the, one of the ads out there for prep, and it kind of shows all these different people saying, I can't remember the exact phrase they say, but, you know, I'm... They're very I'm, happy, those people on prep. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. And I was sitting, I can't even remember where we were, but we were somewhere with a group of people and that ad came on and it was predominantly a bunch of, you know, gay people, but there are a few of my heterosexual friends in the room. And one of the guys said, I don't get this commercial. I'm like, what is it you don't get about it? He goes, well, there's like women talking about being on the, on that drug. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> In fact, I think any sexually active person should probably be considering being on prep. He goes, but why they're not gay? I'm like, you don't get this. No. <laughs> you do not get this at all. It isn't just a gay thing. Right. And, you know, I hate to say it. So I, you know, I, I put my that mama's going to, mama's going to teach you some lessons, boy, hat <laughs> <and add> on. <laughs> and I said, here's the thing. You know me, you know my story. I said, and you know that when I was married, I was not being faithful. That's all it would have taken for me to quote unquote, have passed something on to my wife, even though a majority of the time I played safe. And it suddenly it was like the light bulb went off. He's like, Oh, and I said, and quite honestly, man, <laughs> It would be a weird twist of things for you to contract it, but you don't know if you, and he's a big man ho, so this is why I was able to go there with him. I'm like, you don't know who your sexual partner may have been with, and, and she may not know, and I said, there's just all these different things, and then what if one night you just decided you were going to explore something? You were going to go somewhere that you didn't, and, and I know because he's kind of like, I'm, he hasn't admitted, but I know he's kind of on the fence. So I'm like, okay, one of these <laughs> nights you're going to go down that dark alley and it's going to feel right. And then you might do something really stupid because he tends to do really stupid stuff when he drinks. So this is why, again, why I knew I could go all these places with him. And I think that's part of what happens is people are not getting the right education at this point. And then we can't have fun and make this more lighthearted like you're doing with the series. And then suddenly well, we have the whole, you know, oh, this is so bad stuff still continuing to permeate our society. Absolutely. One of the things we try to do, especially with season two that has just come out of MERS, is we added um, a lot more issues to this season. We talk about being undetectable. We talk about prep. Uh, we talk about slut shaming and um, gay marriage and other issues. And I think the biggest lesson of Merce is like, be who you are and be proud of who you are and, and, and don't be, uh, you know, ashamed. Like, and you say unapologetic. I think that's very important. And that's a lesson that we all need to learn in every aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the show a little bit. Like what has been some of the biggest surprises for you as you've gotten this show out there in the world? There have been a lot of like interesting people that have not enjoyed the show because they thought it was going to be something else. Hmm. They thought because it was an HIV show that it was going to be a, an educational show. And it has some educational elements, but really it's a comedy. It's a raucous, body, nasty, dirty little show. Right. Um, and, and, and that's, that's what it really is. So we're not, we're not, it's not, we're not going to, 
knock over safe sex over your head or, or anything like that. That is not right. what our show is about. Right. So I think there's been a little bit of odd disappointment when it's not um, a government-sanctioned right. safe sex talk. Hmm. Um, but otherwise, it's people are so surprised by how fun it is hmm. and how much uh, joy it brings. And so that's been really a, a fun thing to, to watch people experience and for that feedback to come. But don't you think, Charles, that that's just that just proves what we were just talking about, that there's almost this like internalized view of, well, this is how we're supposed to look at this. Mm, we're only supposed true. to look at it through an educational lens. We're only supposed to look at it through the painful lens. We're only supposed to look at it from this is something that is a fight and an advocacy. And again, I'm not diminishing any of that, but we haven't made room yet for even, you know, even going back to the queer as folk days. I don't know that even they completely spun it in quite the, the most positive light at times. And I think it's time to really do more of that. I, I think so too. I had a conversation with a friend of mine about Will and Grace mm -hmm. um, that, you know, Will and Jack being gay men of a certain age, yep. never have a conversation about HIV, never mm -hmm. go to an HIV event, mm -hmm. never talk about friends they lost. Mm -mm. Never, and that's a, a huge, on um, this major comedy that yep. gets so much worldwide attention. Right. What a lost opportunity. Huge lost opportunity. In fact, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was watching my husband and I like, you know, <laughs> watch stuff well after it's already aired. So we, <laughs> we have our weekly shows. It's like, okay, we don't watch it live because we don't have cable, but we then go to Hulu or wherever and watch everything. We were watching an episode of Will and Grace last night about, you know, him having, you know, surrogating and all this stuff and have a baby and everything. And I thought, well, this is good. And they've kind of addressed his potential marriage and all this sort of stuff. But I'm like, there's so much more to gay life that this show hasn't addressed. And, and ironically, knowing that you and I were going to talk about this, that crossed my mind last night, you know, and then also that there's not a lot of addressing what does gay divorce look like? You yeah. Know? There's lots of things, which I know we're just, <laughs> we're in the infancy of some of this stuff, like marriage stuff, you know, but we're actually not. I mean, Gay people are now getting divorced too. Yeah. And there's a whole other thing, you know, that those are things that just need to be talked about. And it's I think sort of we're missing opportunities. In our, society, in our gay world. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. People to be talking about. So like, I'm going to hold you responsible for, you know, filming all those things. You're not going to have to become the voice <laughs> to make all this become, you know, Maybe talked about. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you enjoyed most about like allowing yourself to shine the light on this subject? What have you personally enjoyed the most? I, I enjoy the fact that, that I am like the only person really doing this, you know, in, in creating this show, me and my, my producing partner, mm -hmm. um, that we're the only ones making a show that's like this, that's, that's funny and smart and, ha and shows somebody living with HIV that isn't a tragic figure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that that's a really important thing and I'm really proud of that and, and that it is uproariously funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. You know, there, there's something that, um, came up in the pre-work that I was doing that I read that, um, I believe your producer, um, Tyne said about, or maybe actually it was you, I think that talks about, you know, it not being a picnic to live with HIV, yeah, but yeah, but no one walks around with this sad cloud over their head. And I see more and more of that. 
Um, in fact, I had a young friend recently tell me that he was HIV positive, um, a young guy that I coached for a while. And he goes, but you know, life moves on. And I thought, wow, <laughs> nine years ago, if I'd had a client like you, it would have felt like a death sentence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it would have felt like my life is over. And, and for some people, they would have taken that step. They would have committed suicide, you know? And I think the shows like you're doing are some of the most important work out there right now. Oh, thank you. Well, just I because I think we as a society, we need to like lighten up a bit. <laughs> we need that balance. There's so much, like you were saying, yeah. there's so much heavy stuff happening. Right. We need, we need, we need some cotton candy every now and again. We right. need some sugar. Yeah. And a friend of mine that's local here. Um, so my husband and I run like a, a meetup for the LGBTQ community in our, in our small little town here. And I remember talking to him and he was married, came out of the closet, divorced. He doesn't have kids. And he goes, yeah, it was great coming out. All that was good. And he goes, and then, you know, three months later I found out I was positive. And so I just, I didn't say anything. I'm like, you know, I've done enough of these kind of interviews, like, and being a coach, I kind of like, okay, so let's see what comes next. Right. And he said, so I kind of got that done. I can kind of just screw around all I want. And he goes, I'm kidding. But he goes, you know, it's kind of interesting. Most people would see that as like the most horrible thing. And he's like, this is what, it, this is part of my life. And so this is the cards I've been handed. So I'm not going to like be upset about it. He goes, it's frustrating at times he goes especially living in a very small community where the <laughs> the buffet of prospects is about the size of two hot dishes on a regular buffet line but um it's it is interesting to see how people can take stuff and then go to the opposite of the extreme where another one of my clients current clients has recently discovered he's positive and i can't get him to focus <laughs> Because <laughs> this is all he can think about. And I'm like, yes, but this isn't the end of your road. And he's he's fortunate because he's in the opposite sort of space where he's in a very big metropolitan area, which I know that in and of itself can be a whole different ballgame when you're positive. It's like, oh, there's so many people available. And they're like, well, why would I date you when I have all these others that aren't this? You know, so it's just it's interesting to see the dynamics that show up around this whole, oh, you're positive, you know, versus, yeah, I'm positive and I'm cool. Why can't you be cool with it? So. Yeah, I think one of the things for me that really helped that in a big way, in an unexpected way, was um, finding out about U equals U, uh, that, you know, when I when I realized that I, I've been living with HIV since 2003, and I started testing undetectable. Mm-hmm. Soon after I got off on medication, so right sure. after I was diagnosed, right. and to find that out that in all that time no one has gotten HIV from me was mm -hmm. hugely powerful, and it helped me feel less sick. And I didn't mm -hmm. even know I had that feeling, mm -hmm. but I think it's one of the most powerful tools we have in HIV um, that empowers people living with HIV to live a, a, a bigger, bolder life, a, a more unapologetic life. Absolutely. And, and, and one that has less like more make you feel like you're more like everybody else, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for our listeners who don't know what U equals U, can you kind of like elaborate on that for them? Sure. What it, what it stands for is uh, undetectable equals untransmittable, meaning mm -hmm. that if you have an HIV viral load that is undetectable in lab tests, um, 
that that you cannot transmit the virus sexually. It mm -hmm. is there's zero risk, yeah. um, and that is that is scientifically proven. The CDC has come out on board with that statement. It's a worldwide campaign called U equals U. Yep. Um, you can go to prevention access campaign or, or look up U equals U, and you can find it and find out more information. But it is one of the biggest life changing things that has happened for me um, in the past. I guess four or five years mm -hmm. was to find out that news and, and to be peripherally part of that campaign right. and really want to share the message. I know you guys can't see me, but I'm actually wearing a U equals U t-shirt right now. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. And I love that you brought that up because it is important. And we'll have a link to that information as well on the show pages and stuff, but it couples very nicely with a, a friend of mine and, and you know, this is one of those moments where people think, oh, you live in New York, you must know so-and-so. No, I don't do that bullshit because it's kind of like, oh, you're gay. Well, do you know so-and-so? No, just because we're all in the little gay world doesn't mean there's like this database that <laughs> we all connect to. I might exactly. have Exactly. Well, them. this is true. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and I'll be, you know, if you say, oh, I know him, then I, I won't actually be all that surprised. But Damon Wright, who is one of the biggest prep advocates in the country, he's been on my show a couple of times. And I loved when he said the availability of prep actually enabled me the most freedom to enjoy my sex life as a gay man than I ever have since it came out. And I thought, oh, you know, that's really true because you now are in, you're fully in control. Okay. And he and I talk about, you know, okay, but it, we know it doesn't like keep you from getting the STDs, but it's another layer of freedom that comes with it. And I feel like you equals you is the same sort of thing. It's like it's people partner. get fucking educated and understand this stuff. Well, and other STDs are, are treatable. I mean, what's yes. a little gonorrhea between friends? Right, exactly. <laughs> well, it's like a Thanksgiving dinner, you know? Right, just not, <laughs> not really, not really, but yes. Yeah. But you know, it's not HIV. It's not, right. it doesn't have the, the possible life-threatening issues that HIV does. Absolutely. Um, and I think so many people, and I, I've seen this, and again, this goes to the slut shaming and everything else, but I've seen this happen in our community. <laughs> and when it happens, I, this is when I cannot keep my mouth shut. I mean, I, I'm pretty good about, okay, let's kind of try to see perspectives, but I always have to say something when I hear this. Yes, but how do you really know they're undetectable? I'm like, then you're never going to trust anybody. Right. Right. We take our chances every day. Yeah. We take our chances walking out the door. Exactly. And I've always come from that perspective of like, well, how do you know that person who says they have no STDs really doesn't have any STDs? Right. How do you know that they say they always play safe with a condom and then they've got your legs up over their, your shoulders and then suddenly they whip that condom off and, you know, bada bing, bada boom, they're in there raw. Right. I mean, it's, it's these things that sometimes in our lovely gay community. And again, any of you listening, I love all of you, but I think this is where our own personal judgment is just like, sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot because we throw these judgments out, but then we want to go turn on everybody else who's thrown those same judgments at us. But we are just being just as judgmental. It's like, you got to trust. And my, my coaching hat goes on really quickly. Like, okay, but wow, then you must have a hard time trusting people in general. And yeah, that usually shuts them the fuck up <laughs> or it gets them really pissed off. I'm like, and girl, you're just proving my point. You're just coming at me with your heels on. But, um, <laughs> and yes, sometimes I do talk like that in a coaching session, but and not too often. But I, I do see that. And I think it's it's something that we can all learn from. Is I, how I, do we throw our judgments at one another 
without saying, can we talk about this? Help me understand, you know, help me understand because I think there's a lot of people that even if they've heard you equals you, and that's why I had you explain it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So you say, but then they don't take the time to go understand it. Right. Well, and it's like anything else. They need to hear it several times before it, it gets in there and they understand it. You know. Well, exactly. It's like, yes, I have a big schlong. Yes, I have a big schlong. Yes. I, do you hear me? I have a big schlong. It's like, I you got to hear this over. Okay, cool. I know you kind of got, got really, you kind of got really quiet and no guys, I do not. Um, well, I'm not going to say not, and I'm not going to say I do. So we're going to, I don't know why I even brought that up, but anyway, I don't know. Uh, big no, making the emphasis that it ah. is, I'm a marketing guy. So truly I get this. It's like, you have to t send the message several times before people finally go, Oh, okay. So undetectable really does mean untransmittable. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and trust does mean trust. Now, granted, if you don't trust people, then you're going to have a little hard time with this piece. But, um, well, I also say too, like someone who is living with HIV and in treatment and someone who's, who's taking prep, they're the safest people, uh, to, to have sex, to have unprotected sex with because they're in, they're seeing the doctor several times exactly. um, a, 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 a year. Right. And, and they're being tested not just for HIV, but they're being tested for other things as well. Yep. yep. Every, so, like, every three months. As opposed like to someone who just goes, you know, who maybe goes to see their doctor once a year. Right. Right. I mean, I, I am on prep and I'm proud to say I'm on prep because that, and I'm not, I'm not going to go to the holy ground, but kind of, because that <laughs> says I care enough about myself and I care enough about my husband and my partner to say, hey, if occasionally we're going to go do something on the side, I don't want this to be an issue. Right. And it's part of just me doing something that feels good for me. I think it's also, it's good for the community. And um, just like, and for you to say it out loud that you're on prep, it's good for people to know that. And I think it's part of, one of the things that I like about prep is that it, it it's, I think for so long, the, um, transmission of HIV and keeping that transmission from happening has been on the responsibility of the person who's living with HIV. Right. And prep gives that responsibility a little bit to other people mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and, and I, I know what I'm about to say may piss some people off, but I, it's my show. So I get to say these things. If you're not going to own responsibility for your own sexual activities, then you shouldn't be having sex. Mm, heavy. Yeah. Because like it or not, you're making the decision to do the things you do in the sexual realm and to hold somebody else 100% responsible for your sexual health is complete bullshit because you're entering into it just as much as they are. Now that doesn't mean <laughs> You got to like have the checklist out like, okay, here we go. D -d -d can you produce, you know, okay. <laughs> and there are some people, I have a friend that's like, oh, I know they have to, they have to show me their last test. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> and they do? do, do they, does he get any? I, that's what he says. I'm just kind of <laughs> like, really? And, but then there's this other side of him. And he's like, yeah, I'm really sexually frustrated. I'm like, no wonder. I mean, hello, if you're pulling out literally like, oh, you have to show me when your last HIV test was. I'm like, girl. Yeah, no if trust. there's a questionnaire involved, that's too yeah, much work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it's an online questionnaire that they fill out before. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Now, there, now there's an app that might be something really valuable in our community. Like you go from Grinder or Scruff or wherever into an online app, fill it out. Okay, cool. You made you made the checklist, but um, then that would be just too much work, and sex doesn't even become fun anymore. So um, right. Right. Well, I'm so glad we got connected. I've loved this conversation. I love what you're doing, man. And thank, thank you for you. taking taking the heaviness of something that, yes, we need to pay attention to and we need to understand. But I think that's the key is we really need to understand at a deeper level as humans, some of these sticky, heavy human things and realize there's always a lighter side to everything and, and right. just I think make it that way. Everything's about attitude, you know, it it's, it's, it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle it. And yep. um, when I was diagnosed, um, that's what a friend of mine said to me. I was crying in the hospital and he goes, you've got a really bad attitude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just take your medications and do what the doctors say and you're right. going to have a great life. And he was absolutely right. Right. Well, and it shows you've no. been, you show it even through just this, you know, audio sort of presence that we have through the art of podcasting. I can tell you that a lot of listeners, actually all of you, none of you say you don't get how good he is, oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. but there's just this essence, Charles, that even if I didn't have the camera on and there's a lot of time I haven't actually been looking at the camera, not because he's not cute. He's a, a cutie but, um, <laughs> where the essence of who you are is shining through. And I wish that more people would let the essence of who they are, regardless of their circumstances, come shine through. And I think our community, for sure, would be a much better place, but the world would be a better place. Love what you're doing. We will have links to the show, to Charles, all that good stuff. And bitches, go, go watch the show, okay? Please go watch yes. it. Firsttheseries.com. Yes, MerkTheSeries.com. Not Merci, not Merk, not any of that. It's Merk Merce. the Series. It's Merce. Merce the Series. Let's get it right, Rick. It's the end of the show, Rick. It's Merce, not Merk, not Merci, none of that stuff. So, um, but that's why I put the links on the freaking webpage because then I'm like, okay, bitches, if you can't find it because it's written there in front of your eyes, not my problem. But uh, anyway, thank you so much, Charles. Thank I've you. really enjoyed this conversation. Look forward to seeing you continue to do this really great work. So thanks, buddy, for being here. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.